0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, let's have some fun with this one. I'm the reporter, all right? And I'm I'm typing the story. Ron Hextall recalled today from Wilkes-Barre-Scranton of the AHL, fill in the blank of the name of the player, period. And Mike Sullivan, at his very first practice, sent out the very strong signal that fill-in-the-blank will, in fact, fill-in-the-blank. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins, and it comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. I hope you'll check those out as well. It's Penguins versus Rangers in Game 1 tomorrow night in New York. I'll be flying up there tonight myself to cover the entire playoffs as I always do. In this case, I'll be doing so somewhat grudgingly because I'm really still ticked off about the lack of access and all that other stuff you've heard me complain about. But whatever, the job's the job. And the very first thing I'd like to have seen from the hockey team in the hockey context, the moment the regular season ended and they were free from salary cap constraints, was to recall Drew O'Connor and to give him a prominent spot in the lineup immediately. Well, the first part of that got done. O'Connor was up even though the Wilkes-Barre team will be in the Calder Cup playoffs, even though he'd have to bump somebody out of the current Pittsburgh lineup in order to play. Well, guess which part of that equation won't be coming to fruition, at least not in Game 1. Yeah. This pattern has been in place for a long time, and I've occasionally bitten back at people for excessively criticizing Mike Sullivan for his handling of young players. I've cited exceptions. I've cited how, uh, you know, in the first couple of years, the Stanley Cup years of his tenure, that when Brian Rust came along, when Jake Gensel came along, they stuck. He gave them a real chance, and they made an imprint. And you can say, well, that's because he had those guys in Wilkes-Barre while he was on He had them for 15 games. That's not it. He just saw that they could help. He saw that they could make a difference, and he wasn't necessarily as tied to the veteranosity of the players he already had and that feeling, that vibe that I'm the player's coach. I'm the one who will stick behind you when things aren't going well. And he's taken that thing, that vibe that I just described, way too far for way too long. Now, if I had to guess before I really start piling on here, Sullivan is going to get O'Connor involved in this series. Every coach likes to have at least two, three guys that are just kind of hanging off on the fringe in case something goes really, really wrong in one of the games in the series. They want to have somebody that they can turn to and say, hey, you know, that was unacceptable. And just for that, we're going to scratch this guy and that guy, and we're going to replace them with this guy and that guy and see if that changes our our mood or our mindset or our approach. Well, okay, that's nice to have. But nowhere is it written that you don't start game one with the players who will give you the best chance to win. And if Sullivan goes with the lines that the Penguins used in practice yesterday in Cranberry, he won't be doing that. And what's worse is he'll probably know that he won't be doing that. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Look, I don't want to make O'Connor out to be, you know, some superstar in waiting. He's not. He had a really uplifting training camp. He had a tremendous summer last year in terms of extending his stride to get his skating going. But he is exactly what you want in this specific series. In this matchup, the number one shortcoming that the Penguins had against the Rangers in all four meetings, including the win, was the lack of a meaningful forecheck. That allowed Adam Fox and Keandre Miller and all those other guys they have back on the blue line to just basically take their good old time and spring Artemi Panarin and Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad and everybody else on -on two-on-ones or clean breakaways. They did it like it was nothing. And you know why? Because it mostly was nothing. There was a goal that the Rangers put together in Madison Square Garden where Fox was standing upright like it was a freaking morning skate. He was given all the time in the world to scan the entire ice and hit whoever he wanted on however long of a pass he wanted and sure enough, the Rangers got their odd man break and came in and scored. And everyone's like, whoa, the Penguins are giving up too many odd man breaks. And they start talking about that they pinched too much, meaning the Penguins or that the defensemen weren't paying attention or wasn't a good line change. Or whatever. It's not been about that against this opponent. It's been about the lack of a forecheck. So here's this kid, O'Connor, who at times early this season was a human forecheck. He used his size and his speed, and he ate people. He engulfed them like a black sun when he'd go into the corner. And he slowed down everything that they wanted to do coming out of the zone, even when they had the puck. And you're going to have him watch the game with me up in the press box. That makes no sense. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Now, who do you want to come out of the lineup? I say take your pick, because I've watched those games against the Rangers, too. And if you didn't partake in a meaningful forecheck, then you are eligible to be scratched. I mean, do I have to point out that Kasperi Kapanen has been pretty much useless for months? Do I have to point out that Evan Rodriguez really isn't that different? And by the way, if it was okay to make Capitan a healthy scratch in this completely meaningless game that they played just a few days ago in Philadelphia with his dad there, and everybody knowing that his dad's there, then what would be so awful about making him a scratch for game one of the playoffs? Like, who would care? What vibe or whatever would be lost? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Listen. I hope that everything I'm talking about is premature. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that when the Penguins hit the ice today for their practice at Cranberry at 11 a.m., that they do so with O'Connor taking regular line rushes. But you know and I know that's not going to happen. And the worst part is Sullivan, who's a really, 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 really good coach, also will know that he'll be dressing the wrong guys for game one. And that's the part that stings the most, it really is. When we come back, just one question. And today's J1Q comes from Clint Novak, who asks, is Mike Sullivan in jeopardy if this playoff run ends quickly? The extremely abbreviated answer to this, Clint, is no. The longer answer to this is, wow, no. There is no chance that Sullivan will be in jeopardy. The Penguins could go out in four straight, and he will not be in jeopardy. And yes, I'm aware that this would also be four straight playoff exits in the first round, he will not be in jeopardy. I have seen the relationship that he's formed with Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. I've seen the relationship that he's formed with the people from the Fenway Sports Group, with Tom Werner in particular, and take my view on that for whatever it's worth. But those people aren't about to roll the coach under the bus. Not in this setting. I'm not giving you my opinion on whether they should or shouldn't or whatever. Okay, I happen to believe this is a great coach who has some very visible flaws at times. And I happen to believe that they wouldn't be able to go out and get a better one if they did make a move. But there's no chance of that happening. And that applies in the double when it's considered that Tristan Jari isn't available. I can already tell you, in advance, how this is going to play out. The Penguins lose the series; I, 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 they're not going to get swept. The Penguins lose the series in five or six or whatever it is, and all hell's going to come down on uh, Evgeny Malkin, probably more than anyone else. No matter what, even if he plays great, uh, it'll come down on Chris Letang. Go ahead and let the guy walk. Let him go to Montreal and play for his agent. It'll come down on the general concept of blowing up the core. It'll come down to the the need to acquire or the past tense need to have acquired better backup goaltending than what they have. That'll obviously fall mostly on Hextall. And it'll come down to Sullivan because that's just how things go. Not so much in Pittsburgh, but around hockey. Head coaches just don't last long. The NHL has the shortest shelf life for head coaches slash managers across professional sports. And the fans are going to have had enough, most of them anyway, of this head coach. But he's not going anywhere. Now, the other scenarios that I mentioned in there, as far as targets for blame, That might be addressed. In fact, there's an excellent chance that'll be addressed, even if this playoff series, like the one last year against the Islanders, is almost entirely defined by lousy goaltending, meaning if DeSmith is completely horrible, and then Louis Domingue comes in and replaces him, and Louis is horrible. Even under those circumstances, you're going to have people looking for other things to blame. Those things that I mentioned. But you're not going to see that reaction from management above. You're going to see management look at the skaters' performance and how they stacked up against New York. Are they markedly slower than the Rangers, the way they certainly appeared to be a few nights ago against the Oilers? That's a red flag. Are they... Uh, unable or unwilling to do what's necessary to score playoff type goals, meaning going to the net, meaning rebounds, deflections, tips, uh, pucks that bounce in off your ankle, whatever it takes. If so, that requires meaningful change, maybe even of the way you construct your lines instead of thinking of three scoring lines. Now you go back to we're going to stack two scoring lines and get two lines that just raise hell. And yes, of course, if Malkin and or Letang were to really just be awful, and I'm not seeing that from either of them, not making that prediction, but if it were to happen, yeah, that's going to affect not only the discussion that takes place within, but possibly the actions as well. But the head coach, no way, no chance, no how. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow from New York.